0: who tell you one thing it's been one hell of a week I mean what we're doing the Cyclone series getting the J 360 powerplay back on you know it's been one heck of a week well with getting the Power Play taken care of and working on the Cyclone and which I think the Cyclone deserves a double special so I'm gonna go ahead and postpone 13 for another week and have it side up with 14 and now that I think about it a certain show should come back to the airwaves because of all the incompetence that is flowing around in society again, it's just getting to the point where somebody needs to say something about it. <laughs> and I think it's time I made it to 40 episodes, so I know you all have been waiting for this. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on j 360 Radio. and four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced. Let our professional parts people test your battery for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts. Yep, no fooling ladies and gentlemen, The J-Man Show is officially back, here with episode 31. Ah, uh, I miss being here with you guys, going ahead and telling you about the ways of the world and a bit of comical humor. <laughs> Uh, As far as I'm concerned, and from what I've been seeing lately, not much has changed in terms of what I covered in episode 30 with political blood money. Apparently they're still trying to keep this crazy Senate bill alive. You know, look, okay, I understand that other people's health doesn't matter to them, much like if you're working for a big time corporation and they seem to just want to cut that bottom line all the time. You know, whereas you really should respect your bottom line because your bottom line is doing all of the work. You know, whereas you're you're able to go on those vacations and do what you want to do and stuff because you have a bottom line. Now, the thing about it is if you don't show them respect, after a while, that's when they start getting a little hostile and thinking that, you know what, what is my worth to this whole company? So, yeah, if you are a business owner of any kind and you see that your employees are really not too happy with certain things. You don't have to accommodate them all the time, but you need to go ahead and see what they're all about because they do raise their voice and they are speaking on the behalf of some truth here. The thing about it is, is that, you know, you want to make the accommodations at least viable for people and then you want to make sure that they have that ability to have that care so they can work for you until it's time for them to retire. And then, at the end of the day, what's wrong with a retirement package? But, you know... We have long forgotten the concept of taking care of our own. And that goes into the uh, micro-spectrum of things, too. What old crazy man in there? Gonna try to pass this crap that's not even gonna help you along the way, along with other things. Which, by the way, you know, his lies are starting to catch up to him, as you can tell, because of all the colluding with Russia and everything else. Yeah, so all those smoke and mirrors that he's done, he's gonna try to make more smoke and mirrors because... It just more and more coming out. The biggest windfall came out when uh, all that stuff reflected back on Donald Trump Jr. So the the hilarity of all this—well, actually, no—I should say the irony of all of this comes from the fact that everybody was like, "Oh, Hillary Clinton's corrupt! Hillary Clinton's corrupt!" Well, 45th retrograde allegedly committed treason here, and he's not the only one. Everybody that follows him or under him, sick offense included are involved in this one way or another. Even our great racist hobbit, Jeff Sessions, is involved. The hell you say. So once again, how corrupt is Hillary Clinton? I don't know. But then again, you know, none of the political parties are actually clean, but from what I'm seeing here, boy, the GOP is doing the best they can to be comic book supervillains, aren't they? No, we're the elitists. We're gonna go ahead and have it our way. We need to make some cuts on the rich, and then we're gonna cut right into the poor! There is no middle class anymore. We're gonna take that out. And then we're gonna exploit the working class. And when they die, we'll have all the money that we need to lower the deficit. But what about the wall? What about our safety? Aw, no, we'll just lie about that for a little bit longer. Hey, I I need to get some weed for my Crohn's disease. Oh, yeah, by the way, that's illegal. Throw him in jail for profit prisons so I can make some money off of it. (laughs) You know, I hope I'm wrong about that exaggeration because I was just being dramatic there. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was close to the truth. Because, you know, medical marijuana does help people. I mean, who did you realize that over-the-counter drugs are pretty dangerous, too. So at the end of the day, they just want to go ahead and kick the hell out of cannabis, which does have some good pros with it i mean there's cons too but the thing about it is there's pros and cons to everything weed isn't a gateway drug as they try to bring it all about if you look back and learn your history on that there's some racial connotations to that too and not to mention as many times they want to go ahead and get rid of immigrants when at the same time this country was built off of immigrants and everything else and you want to talk about like well they should have the right paperwork and everything else well how do you think that this country has thrived without it you know what i'm saying so in a way if you look at it and you hear some of these certain rhetorics don't just listen and believe actually take the time to think about the rhetorics of what these public officials are saying to you and really put two and two together and go back and research it you'll probably be amazed at all the things that you see it's just unbelievable that they are trying to sell all this hatred and trying to pretty much sell us out not be accountable and it's all for the almighty dollar keep in mind of all of this crazy stuff that you're seeing coming out of washington dc these are grown people doing this elderly grown people doing this stuff and paul ryan but you know whatever with him but like i said before (laughs) these are grown people acting this way and it seems like whoever we have as a president tends to amplify either our pros and our cons and While we had one that seemed to elevate our pros, even though he had his critics, which you will always have, now we got one in there that pretty much shows the quote-unquote best of us, which means, as I'm saying this, the worst, because this man has a lot of cons with him, he's been had cons with him, and it's gotten to the point where it's even worse now because he keeps lying and keeps thinking that... We all give a damn about him and his policies and stuff. I haven't seen him do anything yet other than go golfing. Take us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And just totally ruin fair trade as many times as he can get. And roll back the Obama administration's policies. You know, policies that were actually beneficial. Even though people will complain about him. Because, you know, certain people love to do that stuff. Yeah, my president. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's a president, all right. A president of what, though? Because I, I, I don't see him being president of this country like anything. Because he obviously doesn't care about the country. He cares about image. He cares about not being accountable to our press. Which, by the way, you shouldn't really take the American press for granted. Yeah, I know. CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, all about the ratings. Hasn't been about news for years. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But the thing about it is... Could you imagine when you didn't have any news and how caught up on things you would be? Independent publications not being there, anything. Could you imagine not having that circulate? Very scary. At that point, he can do whatever he wants to do. I mean, the man has proceeded with certain things behind our backs, and then all of a sudden, some people are okay with that. I'm not. Really goes against that First Amendment and the right to know. See, people forget about the idea of the right to know. We as the people, we need to know what's going on. And when we have certain people at those press briefings, which we don't get live on some days or which we don't get because Donald Trump doesn't know how the system works and he doesn't want to be held accountable for it, this is how sad our world has gotten. Now you got more of these people that are so sensitive about their image and everything else, they just can't do their jobs apparently, or they just can't go ahead and prove their detractors wrong, or... At the end of the day, they can't go ahead and confront their constituents, so they have to go behind closed doors, old boys club and all that, unless you're in, you're in, and all that bullshit. It's really shameful that it happens on the job, let alone that it happens pretty much everywhere. Everybody's got their clique. Donald Trump's over there pretty much showing that there's a clique involved. And needless to say, the only minority we have in that clique is Ben Carson. That's not a good representative for anyone of color at all. And for the women, you can go Omarosa. It's just no. Right now, this, this is not what we need. We don't need this xenophobic, hyper-racist, um, oh, I'm not politically correct, but I'm going to say whatever I want to say, and if it's something that sounds good to you, you'll agree with me. And the only reason why this keeps going on is because people haven't stopped buying up the bull. So if you hear all this stuff, don't just listen and believe, you gotta think. This man is a well-known, habitual, pathological liar. And he's gonna keep doing that sort of thing to you because some of us don't take the time to really think about what people are saying. You gotta think. It's a very important thing to do. And for some people, it hurts them to think. Some people like to rely on instinct. Oh, you can't say anything about him. I'm gonna fight you to the end. Hey, okay, in that case, I've already beat you because you don't have no strategy with your whole reaction. Or at the end of the day, it's like, hey, idiot, did you ever realize that you were rooting for the wrong people? And then those circumstances just really come out of the wazoo. But the fact that Incompetence Inc. is just beating its own behind was the reason I didn't come back in two weeks and I went for that extra third because I was like, I need to see how this develops. Especially with this Russian canoodling. Oh, you want to know the best part, though? When he said, I asked Putin twice if he interfered with our elections, and he said no. Of course he's going to say no. I mean, come on. What is that sleuthing 101? Is that good investigative journalism? Oh, the president took it upon himself to ask the question? Of course he's going to blatantly deny it. Now, you all know this. Some of us have been in that situation before where we were given a yes or no thing. And knowing full well that we did it, but we are so good at convincing sometimes, we just say no, even though you knew you had a hand in something. I mean, it's amazing to see that he's all about America first, but at the same time, so against America in some other ways by canoodling with Russia, not giving our reporters the information that they asked for. I mean, are we even getting a State of the Union address this year, now that I think about it? Because, you know, that's part of his job. And then the most news that we will ever get in our lifetime is going to come from Twitter, where we see Donald Trump engaging in methods of cyberbullying, among other things. By the way, I saw the gif of him uh, allegedly beating up CNN. It's amazing to see that now everybody knows what a gif is. It only took you till 2017 to notice, among other things. Like how America allegedly is still racist. Like how institutionalized discrimination is still a thing. Unlike you know. And I'm not saying that because like the usual thing with feminists and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm saying it because it's on a broader spectrum. See, I knew back in the nineties that everybody is an asshole. It's amazing to see that you guys are finally getting that uptake. The thing about it is, how can we go about it to make things better instead of worse? That is a riddle, Uh, though I might have to dabble into this subject matter a little bit more. So, apparently the internet is going into question again. Are we going to have net neutrality or not? You know, it would be, as I'm trying to rebuild the power play and bring it back, that this would come into question again. It would be, as I think about taking the J360 shows and putting them on YouTube, you know, just for giggles. And I don't care for YouTube and its policies or its backdoor politics or whatever the hell. Personally, I was actually thinking about taking the J-Man show during the whole thing of peak censorship and just throwing that stuff on there to see how many blacklists I would get. But I'm still going to do that, by the way. But the thing about it is, it doesn't take much. The censorship crap. And then the rollbacks of net neutrality. The idiocy of all things is just apparent in this part of the new tens. But that's the 21st century for you. It excels at so many things in terms of technology, but when it comes right back to human compassion and things, at all time low. Not to mention uh, increased aptitudes of stupidity. Oh, and don't forget the whole adage of everything is offensive, and everybody's easily offended. You can find all of that and more on YouTube. Like, the people who run YouTube, or the algorithms, I should say, they're already against you, especially as you're starting out. And then there's the people that've been there forever since when it started, and it was free, and you had a lot of control and everything else. They're still there, and they're making it worse because they ran out of content to make on their own, so they have to cherry-pick from each other or commentate on each other or all this other stuff to the point where it's not even funny. It's just getting to the point where it's more asinine than need be. Yeah, you got to deal with that fun stuff, too, which, by the way, goes into something a little deeper because they'll do whatever they can to try to blackball your content and stuff like that. Oh, you can get views. You don't get views. And it's like, how do you figure that? I'm sure somebody's gonna watch if you not not tag the thing right and if you're consistent about it. But you see the thing about it is, I get more listens off of SoundCloud and Mixcloud than I ever did with YouTube. And the thing is because I work with them a little bit more than I ever did with YouTube. And thank God I don't depend on YouTube. Gotta see what it does to people. Makes them crazy. To start acting like a whole bunch of assholes. They'll find ways to try to ruin your content, use Content ID to hold up your video process. Or find a way to not to demonetize you. But at the same time, it's not the money that you thrive on. But I mean like, you know, good pocket money. You know, money that you could just use to spend, whereas the money from your day job you save it up, or the money from other aspects like your online stores and stuff that you use to just keep things coming. I mean, why not have multiple funnels of money coming in? And then with the fact that they are so gung-ho about demonetizing every damn thing unless it's strictly strictly original then all of a sudden (laughs) you know you got the people that don't like you that'll come up there and flag you just because you called out somebody who's already using the system wrong it's so broken you know and everybody's like well the internet's a wild wild west show and yes it is and considering all the stuff that surrounds the internet too because some people just can't handle us having this great technology We got to fight for that nonsense again. We have to fight for multiple things, huh? We have to fight for healthcare, keeping certain American values alive while dismissing others, and then, of course, fight for the internet. Now, I told you all about Ajit Pai before. The guy comes from a country where there is no net neutrality, and he's the chairman of the FCC, placed in there by the 45th retrograde, and he's trying so hard to roll back the rules. As a matter of fact, I think he was playing with that for a while. Because there were times that the internet was pretty slow. And considering the Comcast bill around here, it should not be that damn slow. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So I, I told you all about that before. Keep an eye on not just Trump, but the people who follow him. And not at the same time fame their characters, but call them out on the things that they've done. And not just in the past, but recently. You know, because if you call them out on things that they've done in the past, I mean, they're going to be quick to deny it. And then there's some moments where you'll see it on the facts and everything else, because, you know, we all have the right to know until they get rid of that. Keep an eye on the things that they do currently. So, like, say, like, if you go to a town hall meeting or you go to where they're holding a conference and you're able to speak on that behalf or you write a letter to them and things like that, you're able to fight them toe to toe on that level. You see what I'm saying? I see, a lot of people, they go too far with the diplomatic process sometimes. You have every right to stand up and speak on your behalf, especially when it's something that's wrong. And you see, the thing is, they want to go ahead and hold us back from doing this sort of thing. Because it's an image thing for them. And they do not have a problem. See, if you're like me, and you don't have a problem with your image, because your image is always looking good. And at the end of the day, you already know that when you're at your lowest of the low... You'll make that look good, too. That's just how I am. But I also know this. When you speak on the behalf of being treated unfairly by them, you have every right to speak. It's just nowadays they are trying so hard to limit us from doing these things. They don't want us to speak up. They don't want us to say, this isn't right. What you're doing here is wrong. Why are you raising up my rates? What is this all about? What do you mean I'm not qualified for this health care plan? What do you mean I'm not qualified for this job? See, when it gets right down to it, you you gotta speak up. Even some of you people who are meek, who think that if I don't say anything, nothing but good things will come to me, if I don't say anything, doesn't work like that. Sometimes whoever is in charge of your job or whatever, or any sort of circumstances that you are behind, if they see that you are a pushover in any sort of way, they're going to go for that every time. Even though society doesn't agree with it, even though people of power can't handle it, stand up for yourself. When and at all times possible, stand up for yourself. Pick your battles, have a backbone, show that you just won't be taking what they throw at you. You deserve better. Your self-worth is very important. As soon as you understand what your self-worth is, then you're going to realize the ones that do care about you and the ones that don't. And what's really so shitty about the whole thing is is that people don't want you to stand up for yourself. They don't want you to go ahead and get that raise. They don't want you to go ahead and go for those jobs and all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people are afraid of rejection. And a lot of times people don't want their image tarnished. Me, on the other hand, I got nothing to lose. You, on the other hand, you don't have anything to lose. We all are on borrowed time and we all have a sunset coming for us. And we're all going to be doomed to die at one time. And you don't want to look back on your legacy and saying, well, I just did what they wanted to do. I, You know, I didn't speak up on my behalf. Uh, Donald Trump's a great president, even though I don't believe he is. And all this other stuff. Don't fall in line with that. Stand up for what you believe in, even if you're alone. Just have the right motivation in mind when you're doing it. Because bullying and all this other stuff is only going to stop when we all start standing up for ourselves. And the thing about it is some people realize that, oh, well, they're going to take it out on me. Well, let me tell you this much. If they do take it out on you, when are they going to stop? They never stop until you stand up. And that's how sad our world is. Laughably sad. I don't know, it seems like we get up there to that point, but then something just wants to kick us down, and I guess it's called human nature, because everybody's jealous of somebody, everybody's afraid of something, and at the end of the day, nobody wants to do anything to solve it. And it all really depends on willpower. But... While I was on my leave, I was also working on some other parts of J360, namely the filmmaking division. I want to go ahead and start making some films again, at least by 2018, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a deadline. I can start any time. But you know, I've also been working on writing, holding down that day job, keeping other things under control, and just having fun. I was over there making sure that the boys were holding down the Cyclone show as good as they can, and they're doing a great job which is why I'm giving them a double special next week because I want to see how 13 and 14 coexist and it's not fair that the J-Man show has a double special when the Cyclone doesn't. And I'm also interested in adding some guests from the Potter and Family. You know, because I know some of y'all, if not all of y'all, are sports fans in one way or another. And it is time for the Cyclone to have crossovers. Hell, it's time for the J-Man show to have some crossovers too, but you know, I plan on visiting first the boys in Pasadena. Yeah, I plan on hanging with them because they got some pretty interesting news and I really should go ahead and start sending some of my takes to them. Shoutouts to Evan and Vic, by the way. And as for S. Anthony Thomas, I know he's about to do a crossover show, so I'm damn sure going to make some appearances over there. Matter of fact, I think I'll probably hang out with everybody. It worked for Spider-Man and Marvel Team-Up, why not me? And you know, the beautiful part about it is, it will be fun. And also, I've managed to watch um, a significant amount of movies over the leave. Uh, well, yeah, I watched quite a bit of them, to be honest with you. I don't know what the name first, but I'll t- actually, I'll tell you the one of significance I did watch. Spider-Man Homecoming. I liked it. It was a pretty good film. Uh, you know, it's the second reboot of the Spider-Man franchise, which is Sony's cash cow, I really did like Tom Holland in the role. I think he did a fantastic job. He has the quintessential Peter Parker quirks to him and does a good job under the mask as well. I mean, it's an expansion of what he did in Civil War. You know, we all got that first taste, but this time he actually went the whole nine yards in the suit. And the thing is, great job, you know? Nothing too wrong with it. The only thing I really didn't care for, though, was... You know, it seemed like some of the characters that were in there, not Ned. Ned was really good. I felt like I didn't really get to know Liz as much as I needed to. You know, and that's even before the twist in the movie. But, you know, I felt like there was something there that I should have got to know more of. But this is our first step into Peter's world anyway, so maybe I can give it a pass. Michael Keaton did a great job as Vulture. The man goes from Batman to crazed Birdman into another crazed Birdman. At the same time but you know it's understandable with him because all of the spider-man villains in film are tragic characters in the comics too but from what we see in the movies because movies are made for the masses let's be real the ones in the movies very tragic and they kept that trend going you know which is good on both sony and marvel's part at least then you know you feel for the characters a little bit because vulture is just trying to provide for his family think about it you're a business owner. You got a contract with the city. It's going to bring you a whole lot of money in. You and your crew could live happily as they salvage and get rid of all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, the government steps in because now they have control over everything. They just override your jurisdiction. And then pretty much all you can do is go home at that point. And I got to understand it's not fair to him because, you know, he's a private business owner. And that was the big job for all of them. And it's gone. Yeah, so I can understand why he was doing it because he's a working man trying to take care of his family. But the way he went about it, selling those weaponry is that there's a reason why the Slovakian Accords have happened in the MCU. You know what I'm saying? Well, actually, no, no. That's a whole bit of a different take. But there's a reason why there's certain regulation on the gifted and supers that exist in the MCUs. And those guys are not helping the cause much because they are pretty much doing what S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to do if the Avengers Initiative didn't work out. So in a way, Phase 2 did happen. It just happened in a most different way. But, you know, I'm just going by that. And I know I'm grasping at straws on it, but that's what I kind of got out of it. I mean, it was sympathetic because he's a man trying to provide for his family. Understandable. But the way he went about it, morally wrong. He had his boys there, his crew there, working with him and everything else. I was kind of upset with Shocker just having one gauntlet, though, but... I can understand, though, that's the only gauntlet they could salvage because that is the same gauntlet that Crossbones used in Civil War. So, And uh, it just would have been nice if he had a second one and really went all out. But at least the color scheme was right. That was beautiful. The color scheme for every character actually match their counterparts in the comic like they go about this whole thing where they don't use their code names other people say the code names i guess because it's a lot more realistic or something that the trope is all about so we pretty much know them by looking at them and from what i saw everything was on point point. and of course you know the moments where peter parker doesn't seem to act like you know seem to act like more like a kid and stuff like that well the thing is he is a kid like for me i never really cared about the high school spider man that much i mean because that's his first times on the job it seemed like everybody knows that aspect of that character because they keep rotating it they keep bringing up the peter parker that is in the high school era there's something endearing about it yes but much like robin peter grew up too and as a matter of fact his best stories happened in the college years if anything that's why they mix them in together that's why mary jane all of a sudden started becoming a high school student along with gwen stacy after a while you understand because the college stories peter had more experience more worries the supporting cast was much better he wasn't really a social outcast by the time he got to college in fact He was one of the most popular dudes there on college, and he was always frequently worried about because he was always doing his duties as Spider-Man. So his friends were always like, well, damn, where is Peter? Like, you know what I'm saying? But you see, they took those aspects and they brought it back to the high school era because face it, Spidey always started in high school. You know? So I understand why that is. It's just sometimes it's like, I sit there and I think, I really wish he wasn't a high school student this time around. I wish he was, like, maybe sophomore in college, you know? But that's where it ingrains in everybody, because the movies are made for the masses. The masses will always know of Spidey in high school. They'll never think of Spidey in college. Even the uh, classic Rhymey trilogy got that right, because eventually Peter's work started happening while he was in college, you know? After all, the career really took off when he was in college and everything else, but... At least with this time around, high school Spider-Man, being mentored by Iron Man, which is a pretty good take, and it did happen in the comics, you know, and they went with the ultimate Spider-Man aspect too, you know, that played a role in that. At the end of the day, you just gotta deal with it the way it is. But you see, that's my only gripe about it, because see, that's that Spider-fan in me. I remember back in episode 29, I remember saying that I don't own the fan base, and you know, I'm pretty much just... Taking up space there. You know, it's really not about what I want. I I, I remember, I'm not going to go into the essence of fandom. I'm not. I have control. And if anything, the Marvel Universe on film is looking pretty good, so... I'm okay with it. I mean, it's not the best Spider-Man movie I saw. That goes to Spider-Man 2. But while I'm saying that it's not the best Spider-Man movie I saw, it's still an origin story, so I'm gonna give it a pass. It's kind of like when you look at the first Spider-Man movie, you know, you gotta give it a pass because it's an origin movie. And you know, the thing about it is it's leading on to better things. Like the battle with the Goblin. Goblin just kicked Spider-Man's ass in that movie. But after a while, you realize that Spidey got better at it because he was fighting doc ock on his level spider-man 3 i've redeemed this movie and as a matter of fact since i'm back on the show now i will be redeeming other movies some movies that you guys really don't ever want to speak of again and i'm gonna give you a hint for that fantastic four 2015 i'm gonna go ahead and work on that matter of fact the whole thing with the fantastic four in film deserves its own episode so you'll get one of those soon enough but going back into it though i would give it a seven out of ten you know not too bad i'm great movie like the action sequences spider-man's back on screen and right into the point where the mcu is about to go to war soon enough because 2018 is infinity war hopefully donald trump doesn't mess all this up up so we can get there as smooth as possible but like anything else you know you gotta live day by day and vulture as the villain was refreshing you know sometimes i take a look over at amazing spider-man 2 and i'm just like you know They could have done something to make that better. I don't know if I covered that enough. I think I probably did though, because I always talk about that movie. You know, like there's just too much going on and everything else. I mean, I could try to redeem that film again if you want. Well, not necessarily redeem it. Maybe, like, put my own spin on it. Give it a couple of tweaks. So let me try to tweak this a bit. You see, Gwen didn't have to die in this movie. They should have held off and let Gwen die in Amazing Spider-Man 3. Because that should have been the Goblin movie. Goblin didn't have to be in there. Harry Osborn did. You know, so you can get that whole thing with them going. The Sinister Six subplot could have been done without. That comes later. Electro should have been in this movie as the main villain, which he was, and they should have stuck it with that. Just those two going at each other. He has a good subplot there, and Harry's dealing with him. You know, that's fine. That, That all works out in the end. You see what I'm saying? But it didn't have to be so blatant about it. We could say Harry Osborne released him and every circumstance there. And one of the Oscorp board members who betrayed Harry in the end, we can show signs of it in this movie, where at the end of the day, he doesn't betray him until the third Spider-Man movie. You see what I'm saying? And the beautiful part about that is they didn't have to put Felicia in there. I guess if you want to give her an origin story for the movie... Yeah, it just seems like, you know, they were trying to do all these continuity nods because they wanted to build Spider-Verse so bad, and I guess they felt that this movie was the movie as is, whereas they should have just said, okay, look, let's bide our time on this. Let's not go for a Sinister Six movie as a villain's only redemption movie, because if anything, there's no reason for it. Which they tried to go for, and thank God it didn't see the light of day, but... Suicide Squad did, but luckily, though, Suicide Squad was already a property at that point. Granted, it didn't help them story-wise, but the look of the film managed to get them an Oscar. But we'll talk about the standards of the Academy another time. Going back into Spider-Man 2, however, like, it should have been Spidey versus Electro. That's what the movie was billed as. Keep that the same track. All those other little things that you want to throw in there, throw them in there at a later time, but don't be so blatant about it. The whole thing with Peter and Aunt May, or Peter finding out about what his parents did—interesting subplot. But after a while, I don't see why they had—and I'll do it for you. Playing during that whole sequence, "Gone, Gone, Gone." I think that was the song was, and that was kind of annoying to me. I was like, "The hell does this have to do with anything?" And then hipster Peter Parker. Eh. Well, keep in mind that that was the sign of the times. Then a lot of people were becoming hipster and all that kind of stuff, and still are. But you know. Once again, you want to identify with your hero, and if they went ahead and bring the 60s Peter Parker into this, it just wouldn't work, so they had to go with fitting him to somewhat of the trends. At least he was still pretty much a scientific genius. And then the thing is, in the second one, they had to get Gwen involved in all of the action for some reason. It's just like, you know, the whole thing where he webbed her to the car and all that stuff? That was cool. And the fact that she found out that he was Spider-Man... I had no problem with that. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is when he dumped her at the beginning of the movie, when at the end of the first movie, and this is the Amazing Spider-Man series, by the way, just to remind you, he said that these promises are worth breaking, and he kept being haunted by Dennis Leary. Now, I understand that Spider-Man does have a lot of guilt in his life, but the thing about it is, is this... He made, He said that vow. It means at that point that we're moving on from this. But in that movie, they always had to slow down the action for that. And then I got to see Spider-Man in one of the best costumes ever made for a movie series. Yeah, because Amazing Spider-Man 2 had the best costume. I'm not going to lie. And he's stalking Gwen Stacy. It, it made me want to feel for him, huh? I guess that's what they were trying to do. He's feeling remorse over his actions vulnerable I guess he is I mean after all he did dump her and call it off didn't he you know that movie just had so many things going wrong and then there was the whole mishmash of the editing and stuff went ahead and did the whole romantic subplot made it bigger than what it was you can have a romantic subplot in these superhero movies but the thing about it is don't make it that big you know if she goes off to London that would be the perfect kicker for Amazing Spider-Man 3 Cause Spidey did fight in London one time, and then the part where they took Amazing Spider-Man three and pushed it back to two thousand eighteen, but wanted to move up the Sinister Six movie in two thousand sixteen, and they're like, "This is a redemption movie," and it's like, "Yeah, but you don't even have um, you don't even have most of the six established," and that whole subplot with the gentleman that that was cool. They should have kept that going. And the whole thing with Elektra at Ravencroft, that should have been at the end of the movie. And have the gentleman visit him, because the gentleman did visit the lizard in the previous film. You see what I'm saying? Like, as they were trying to build stuff for the Sinister Six, and then you close it off with Spidey taking on Rhino. Getting us pumped up for the Spider-Man 3 that is supposed to come, and not 2018, 2016. Try to keep that two-year gap going. Because Spidey has a wealth of characters, wealth of villains that you can use for these movies. And if you're going to go ahead and make it a multi-villain thing, like the Sinister Six thing, that should be an event all its own. Kind of like the Avengers movies. Everybody went through their own solo movie first and then the Avengers came. That was the topping on our Sunday for the MCU, especially Phase 1. Sinister Six could have been the topping for all of us that were going through the amazing Spider-Man movies. I'm sure some of y'all are probably going to ask me, well, what about Venom? Well, I'll give you a premise about Venom in another episode. By the way, I did do a J360 question of the week asking, who is the best Spider-Man movie villain so far? And the ranking goes to Doc Ock at 33%, followed by the Green Goblin at 31%, the Vulture at 31%, so it's a stalemate between them, and Electro at 5%. Which is understandable, because they really didn't use Electro right in the movie. Like, he had his moments, but there could have been a little bit more to that character. The character depth that was there should have stayed in the movie. But, hey, you know, there's always another time for them to get that right. I mean, which is cool, because I do like Electro. But I'm glad that they're about to give another one of my favorite Spider-Man villains the big screen treatment. Now, he didn't have his powers in this one, but I know it's going to happen. They have Matt Gargan, the Scorpion, and the third Venom in that movie. And the fact that he had that tattoo showing off who he will become, beautiful. If there's one thing I can give the MCU props for is when they do their continuity nods. Now, they do them subtle, whereas Sony did them blatant. So that's kind of the thing. you know. At least it's a blink or you miss it sort of thing, or it's one of them things where you like pay a little attention to when you watch it again. So that's pretty cool. Um, I thought at the end where everybody was sitting there and one of the post credit scenes came up and told us about Patience, I thought that was pretty clever on their part. The thing about it is, though, see, some people, when they go through that situation, there is a chance that you could actually turn off your fan base. But you see, the thing about it is, Deadpool did it, too. So, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. We just have to wait and see what happens. Because we all know that Thor Ragnarok's coming. The Defenders are coming and the Inhumans are coming if you're actually excited about You know, honestly, a lot of people are giving that show flack and everything else because the way the characters look, but none of us have seen this show yet, so we don't know whether it's good or bad. I mean, we're just going by it based off of cosmetics now. But I gotta admit, though, Lockjaw stole the show at the end of that teaser trailer, so I'm okay with that. Because I love Lockjaw. Lockjaw is awesome. It's just a shame that the Fantastic Four are not here during all of here i go again fighting with licensing so i'm not going to get involved in that though considering my luck i will at another time i do have another j360 question of the week though and this question of the week is an opinion style what is wrong with modern filmmaking and you can answer our question of the weeks via our twitter at j360 productions or on our facebook page at facebook.com slash j360 productions and i will address the answers on the jman show 32. And outside of that, though, I think this is the best time to say that it's good to be back. And that's all I have for you on the show this week. And I will say that I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for all of you. But until then, this is Jay signing off. Laters, Legion. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.